0: Nothing against the bank account that's overflowing. I wish I had one. Uh, But it is not talking about education and diplomas. It is not talking about titles and positions. It is talking about a position with God. And it's about a spiritual power that God has in mind for us to overcome this life. It is not about health. Yes, God heals people. I believe in healings. I have seen them with my own eyes. So, this is not the issue. But sometimes, God doesn't heal a person. Is that correct? Okay? Uh, We find that everywhere. Uh, And if God wants to, He can. But sometimes, He accomplishes His eternal purpose through people who are hurting. And, when somebody is hurting and they are testifying, their life is testifying of Jesus Christ, they may have more credibility than I do, who may, who may be not be hurting. Are you, is, that, is that a fair statement? Okay. When, when things are going great, you ought to be praising God. Hallelujah. But when things are not going great, when things are going sour, when things are going poorly, or when things are difficult, when there's trials and tribulations, That is when it counts to show that God is doing a work in you. And so, He wants to. He wants us not to be swayed or sidestepped by difficulty. On the contrary, He wants those difficulties to put us right in line with Him. Amen. So that's what we talked about last week. And I I try to uh, argue the point or make the point that one, we are settling for too little. And two, we are not tapping in on the overflow that God has for us. Um, I know this for many reasons. But... Uh, just, to, just to give you a couple. Uh, couple. Oh, couple. Okay, we'll talk about couples. Uh, uh, 50% of the people who claim to know Jesus end up in divorce. Now, is this, what, is this what God has for them? God has a vibrant, triumphant, victorious marriage for them. And so, hey... I'm I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying these are the numbers, and you can draw some conclusions from these numbers. Yes? So that people have settled for something, and God had an eternity more for them. Yes? Fair statement. Another thing is, uh, some years back, I want to say this was probably maybe six or eight years ago. Simon and I, we like to go to marriage seminars to see how other people do it and to learn maybe a little something or whatever, or a lot of something. And this marriage seminar was 90% about conflict resolution. I couldn't believe it. And I'm thinking, oh, is that what marriage is all about? Conflict resolution? So, I mean, there's always conflict, conflict, conflict. Now we have to know how to resolve the, 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 the deal. Can there be some times when there's no conflict? <laughs> and does there always have to be conflict that ends up in yelling and screaming and fighting and storming and storming out and storming in? And... So, no judgmentalism. I, I, I counsel with some, some of these people and try to show them that God has considerably more for you. For you to move from here to there. One of my spiritual gifts for sure is the, the gift, the spiritual gift of encouragement. So I'm not down on anybody. I'm just saying to you, as an encourager, if you find yourself over here, I encourage you to go here. If you find yourself over here, I encourage you to go there. If you find yourself over there, I encourage you to go here. If you're here, I encourage you to go here. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't fall here. That, that would cause a good laugh, huh? <laughs> hey, sublim- subliminal message over here, yes. So, then, today, so, last week, Sunday night, we talked about these things, That God has so much for you. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures for the people that were not here last week to show you that God does have a whole lot more for you. Um, uh, In John 10.10, Jesus says that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to have less, the thief. But then Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life, a life of abundance and overflow. Not only abundance, Jesus uses the word more in front of the word abundance. More abundance, overflow. Jesus says, those who believe in me, as the scriptures have said, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. John 7, 38, I believe it is. At least it's close there. Uh, Rivers of living water. Then I want to ask you the question. Do you know people that when you see them and when you know them and when you deal with them, that you're thinking to yourself, this person has rivers of living water flowing out of his belly or her belly? (laughs) You see, this is what I'm talking about. And unless Jesus is doing a Pinocchio, which he, he, he doesn't know how to do, and he'll never do, and would never do, would never consider, it doesn't even come up in his mind, then this is the truth. And if it's the truth, then that's what I'm speaking to you. That God has this abundant, overflowing spiritual life for you. So, then, as we were talking about that last Sunday night a little bit, we got about this far uh, because we we just got to discussing and so. Then the question was asked, well, Pastor, this abundant, overflowing life that you're speaking of, what does it look like? Ah, very good question. What does it look like? So that when I see it, you say, do you have, do you know somebody that has an over, an, a, a more than abundant life, an overflowing life? And so that when I see it, I might be able to recognize it. That this is a life of overflow. I promise you, though, when you see somebody with a life of overflow, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. So, uh, So then, then last Sunday night I said, well, for starters, let us look at the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit would certainly give us an indication if somebody has, well, Pastor, the fruit of the Spirit may not be a life of overflow. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit, I think it is. But just in case you want to win the argument, you win the argument. So just portray the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll be a happy camper. And and, and everybody else around you will be a happy camper. Uh, So the fruit starts with love. Love. This agape love. That is the fruit of the Spirit. is your life. Or do you know people whose life is characterized by this kind of love, agape love, a life? They call this love unconditional love. What does that mean to you? It never goes away. It never goes away. Oh, you said more than you wanted to say. I'm, I'm quite sure it never goes away. There is no condition that will make that love change or alter. Right. It's this agape love is the love with which God loves us, and He has bestowed it upon our hearts so that we can love other people that way. But, my dear brothers and sisters, it is my experience, limited as it is. Limited as it is. That as Christians, we often look for soft targets to love. The easy ones. The easy ones to love. Those are the ones we're so good at. Oh, he, he sure loves well. <laughs> and that's an easy one. <laughs> it's easy to love my wife. it's easy to love you. You're easy targets, soft targets. But there's some people that are not easy to love. Am my dear brothers and sisters, this is when it counts. Unconditional? No condition that is ever going to change that. It doesn't matter what the other person acts like or whatever. Otherwise, now all of a sudden, it becomes conditional love. <laughs> if they act this way, under that condition, that I don't love them. Well, um, I never wanted my kids to be confused. So I told them about this unconditional love that God has put in my heart as, as little children. And they believed me. Because as little children... You controlled them quite a bit, and they were easy to love. But when we became teenagers, that was a different ballgame. And I've told you this before. That I told. I told them, if you get drunk, you call me. I will come get you. Otherwise, you just come home. I'm your father. I'm your father. Through thick and thin. For good behavior and bad behavior. I'm there for A pluses and Fs. I'm there for trophies or losing in the first round. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm there for because I'm your father. And if the conditions change and I don't love them like my father has told me, then they get confused. I thought this was unconditional love. The other part of it is that it's a sacrificial love. What does that mean? It will cost you. (laughs) It can cost you whatever. Pride. It can cost you time. It can cost you convenience or inconvenience, whichever way you want to look at it. It can cost you a lot of things. But this love is unconditional. And so, then starting with the first of of this list of the fruit of the Spirit, then does your love show up when it is called upon? Because if it doesn't show up, then we're just talking. That's what I'm talking about. But God has this in mind for us. That our love would be overflowing. That people, <laughs> you know, i just give you an example, sister, okay? My sister Michelle over here, let us say, no, let's do the, other, the, the reverse. Let us say, I am just being mean to sister Michelle. I would never do that. <laughs> Make you cry. <laughs> Yeah, Joe wants to talk to me. (laughs) Don't mess with my sister. Joe wants to talk to me. (laughs) Let us say, and then I go and I apologize to her, and I say, Sister, I'm so sorry that I was mean to you. She says, Mean? When were you mean to me? She didn't even notice it. Her heart was full of love. Never noticed it even. Brother Kenny, hey, you try again, okay? (laughs) You have to be a lot meaner for me to notice it. Because my heart is full of, full of love. Um, so I, we can't talk about love forever, so I've got to move along. The second one is love, joy. The second one is joy. Joy. That is <laughs> maybe, oh, no, 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 I can't say it like that. But I'll say it this way. It is one of my pet peeves with Christians. That you don't really see people with a lot of joy. Or a lot of Christians that are often rejoicing. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! <laughs> joy! Uh, you don't see that very often uh, in, in, in Christian circles. Do you? Am I just fantasizing here? So you go to you go to I I better not call a camp company but you go to get a water burger. Sorry, a, a burger is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I love water burger. My my grandkids do too. So you go get a burger somewhere. And you say I would like to have a water burger. A burger <laughs> No onions. I love Whataburger. It just came up because I've taken the, my grandkids to Whataburger here lately, and they love it, and I love it too. So, but you go someplace to get a burger, and you say, no onions, I would like to have a sliced jalapeno on the side, and uh, can I have some extra ketchup? And when your burger comes to the table, there is onions on there. You didn't get a sliced jalapeno. And the order is messed up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. We better not name, 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 com- name, name names over here. Uh, so, then my question is, and this is what I've seen, and you have it too. You have two. Christian folks, they go to the counter and they rip them by golly, if you're going to give me this kind of a deal, then, then, then you better, get, better not charge me. Sometimes I wonder if they just want a free, free one by virtue of complaining. And the joy seems like it's gone. I wonder if it ever was there. But my dear brothers and sisters, I have to move off of joy, so I, I'm going to go a little bit shorter. Uh. What God has for us is, is an incredible joy that cannot be taken away by anybody. This is a fruit of the Spirit. Who do you think you are that you can take it away? You can't do it. But you, you can do mine. That's for sure. So we've got to move along. Love, joy, peace. 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 Are you yes. Maybe a working definition of joy It may be thankfulness and hopefulness in all situations. Yes, it is not exclusively bubbly, but certainly there's some bubbles coming up every once in a while. Yes, oh, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, yes. So yeah, I, I. And this is this is true because joy sometimes has to do with a state of your inner being that you're all joyful but you maybe you're studying scriptures. you cannot go i'm <laughs> studying so scriptures you know uh, you're just joyful on the inside as to what god is showing you you're smiling on the inside but certainly there're circumstances when you are dealing with people that sometimes these bubbles come up if they never come up you cannot say you're rejoicing okay so thank you thank you so uh, all of this needs a little clarification because I have just such a short time to, to go for this. But, but everybody's welcome to, to, to chip in a little bit and just, if you want to come, you know, but whatever. Chip in a little bit. Chip in a little bit. Chip in a little bit. That, that's good. Um, chip in. So then we have now love, joy, peace. Peace. When I'm talking about peace, peace in this scenario as a fruit of the Spirit has a particular idea of that you are not easily perturbed and, uh, uh, how you call it, uh, uh, rattled by, by difficulty and circumstances and so on and so forth. But I want to I take it broader because I mean for it to be broader and not just as a segment of the fruit of the Spirit, but, but, but a little bit broader. So then the question arises well, is your life such that one, You have peace on the inside. The peace of God on the inside. We know that if you're a believer, you have peace with God. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the peace of God on the inside. You simply don't get rattled by anything much. You simply have a state of heart and mind that says, Hupomone. Everything is good in God's economy. It doesn't matter. I'm not rattled by somebody that says something ugly to me or somebody who treats me ugly or somebody who just whatever. I don't know. I got peace. Then the second portion of that peace that I want to bring to you is that where you go, do you bring peace? As you go to places, do you portray and project peace so that there might be peace in your environment? Or do you project rah, rat? Do you project havoc? Do you project all these types of things that are in peace? The other aspect of peace is that are you a peacemaker? will you take a chance to get your nose punched in to bring peace between two people or two parties? Because, remember you talked about John, don't, don't forget it, because uh, this is what God has given us is the ministry of reconciliation. And so we are supposed to be peacemakers, matter of fact. I don't know if that's what you're going to say, but blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. There, there, there are some translations that says the children of God is the wrong translation. There's a particular Greek word that means more mature ones in the Lord. Their life is characterized by peacemaking. Not a, 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 a baby Christian. They, they, they don't even know how to walk with the Holy Spirit yet. But it's a more mature one that is willing to stick out his neck or her neck. To make peace. This is a peacemaker. Not so much a peace lover. Peace lovers hold signs. Peacemakers make peace. Stick out with their neck. Paco. Say it again. Paco. 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 You know the story of Paco? Do you know the story of Paco? Paco is uh, someone who grew up in Spain. He had trouble with his dad and left the house. And a few years went by, and Paco's dad didn't know where his son was, put an ad in the paper. Paco, meet me Tuesday at 2 o'clock on Square, Guatemala, in front of the El Sol restaurant. Tuesday at 2 o'clock. All things are forgiven. When his father went on the square at two, Tuesday at 2 o'clock, you remember that Paco is a common Spanish name. There were 500 Pacos <laughs> there trying to make peace with the father. People are longing for peace, people are longing for reconciliation. 500 Pacos showed up. Thank you, Brother John. Uh, so, peace. Are you a peacemaker? Is there peace in your heart? And wherever you go, do you project a peace atmosphere so that if there was not peace, you actually bring it. I call that a thermostat Christian versus a thermometer Christian. A thermometer Christian just reflects the temperature in the room. The thermostat Christian sets the temperature in the room. Okay? So when you have peace... You must be a thermostat Christian, that wherever you go, you bring a sense of peace. If there was unrest, people just settle in. This is, I believe, what God has for us. I'm talking about Christian folks primarily, but I'm also talking about unbelievers. Unbelievers, they might not buy into it. But those who have the, ho- the Holy Spirit within them, they readily can can, can uh, uh, be on the same wavelength, which you and on on the same page, and want that peace. Uh, it has happened to me a number of times when there was all kinds of stuff going on. I remember I told you the story before when I was working at Kings Crossing. Um, you had the main entrance of the club here, of the clubhouse. Then uh, there's a hallway that went over here, and then the tennis pro shop was over here where, where, where my office was. I was in my office. I couldn't see what was going on down the hall, but I heard loud voice. And so I came out of my office, looked down the hall, and I saw this little lady at the end of the hall sitting on a bench there and just reaming her daughter out. Not want to be afraid of anything. I, I just walk down the hall. Sister, may I use you for a second? Move over just a little bit, thank you. I, I actually sat on the other side of this lady, but I don't want to inconvenience and be out too much. I put my arm around her like this, and I say with a soft voice, "What is the matter? How can I help you?" End of story. She was asked. Quiet and calm as a brook. Say, what's going on? Well, I think that my daughter, she was a little bit, um, maybe needed medication or whatever, I I don't know. But she thought that her daughter was stealing from her and all that sort of stuff. Boom, just like that. On the dot. And uh, ah, this is nothing special, but I think that God has this for us, that when we go in places that we can bring peace. Uh, we were coming back from Chicago, a group of us. We had gone together with uh, my son's church, and Nate, the middle one, he is a peacemaker. He is a joyful peacemaker. And um, the as it happens with the airlines, the, the thing was messed up. The delayed and blah, 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 blah. And then the next flight we might not be able to catch. And so Nate went to the, I would have gone, but it was not my deal. Nate had put his thing together. So he went to the front over there and was as kind and quiet and peaceful with the, the people behind the counter that he set the stage. He was the thermostat that, that day because we know that other people were already getting hot but because they saw the way Nate acted, they just refrained from getting all too upset. But the people behind the counter, they sure appreciated Nate's, Nate's calmness and Nate's, you know, kindness and so. And they gave him favor. He didn't have just one ticket. I don't know how many we were, but we must have been 16 of us. And they helped the 16 of us over other people that were maybe smaller groups. <laughs> uh. So, this is what God has, that wherever we go, there's a testimony of Jesus. This is what God wants for us, so he has a stake in it. He's not leaving us alone. He says, hey, I'm giving you the power. Rivers of living water, abundant life, spiritual life. But I mean, love, joy, peace. There's patience already? Patience. Um, What is patience? Patience... uh, the idea that, and let me just give you this illustration. You go to a restaurant, you sit down, other people coming after you, yes? And they get served before you do. <laughs> You've been waiting for a while. Now, do you have patience? My dear brothers and sisters, if it doesn't show up, I don't know. But God has this patience for us because what is at stake over here is not you being served in the restaurant. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. So because people that were serving you, they may have forgotten. And all of a sudden realize, oh, oh, these people, I helped them before I helped them. But they were so nice. Now, do you have a testimony? Poof. Now you can't talk to them about Jesus. It's about the kingdom. It's not about you. It's not about my service. It's about the kingdom of God. Patience. Love, joy, peace, patience. Uh, Kindness or or gentleness. Uh, The NIV uses different words. uh, For patience, I think it may be used even gentleness, whatever. So let's just go to the word kindness, kindness. God wants us to be kind people. Does that make sense? This is what he wants you to be and what's me to be. And he wants us to have an overflow of kindness. An overflow of kindness. So that we can be kind to other people. Um, what was it? A year ago or so, I gave the assignment to the church. This week, just be as kind as you can with everybody especially those who are not kind to you. And Keith said, Oh, Pastor, I thought I was a kind person. But when they were not kind to me, I got tested. Some of it didn't show up. Well, it's, it's, it's normal. We are, we are The flesh still comes in. But I'm just trying to tell you that God has more for us. Kindness, goodness, alive that aims to do well, and that is ruled by goodness. It is not ruled by other things than goodness. Their life they wanna, they have a, a good life, and their aim is to be good, and they are, their life is directed and ruled by, by the things that are good. Um, where are we? Okay, let's jump to self-control. Self-control. The ability that the Holy Spirit gives you to control the impulses of the flesh. The ability that the Holy Spirit gives you to control the impulses of the flesh across the board. What I mean by across the board, because because you have all kinds of different impulses of the flesh. Yes. Okay. Can you give me a couple? Anger. Thank you. Anger. Some people cannot control their anger but the Holy Spirit wants you to control your anger so that you don't get angry for the wrong things. You cannot get angry because you, you had to wait for the waiters. But you can't can, can get ang- angry about abortion. You can get angry about killings. You can get angry about abuse. You can't can get angry about bullying. Don't get angry with a person. Get angry with the bullying, with, with, with the, 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 the thing itself. Okay, so there is... But don't be so angry that it enters into an area of sin. That now the bully, somebody who bullied your daughter, now you you gotta punch him out. <laughs> That's the wrong action, my brothers and sisters. Okay. <laughs> so self-control. Uh, 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 somebody give me another ar- uh, area. Yes. Bob, Harrington. Bob- <laughs> you have to tell us this this one. Bob Harrington, tell us this one. Uh-huh he was the pastor of Bourbon Street in Louisiana, and he was preaching, and a guy come up and, and poured some beer on him, tore a page out of his Bible, and says, what are you going to do about it? He said, well, I'm going to praise the Lord. He said, well, why would you do that? He says, I know that I'm saved. He says, how do you know that? He said, well, if I wasn't, I'd have done stomped you through the blacktop. <laughs> yeah, he's saved. Uh, somebody gave me another word uh, concerning self-control. The impulses of the flesh. Huh? The, your tongue. Your tongue. We've talked about the, the idea that uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That when people hear you talk, they need to hear grace. When people hear you talk, they need to hear grace. Okay, uh, I, I, No, one more, anybody? One more. Abstinence, abstinence. It's an impulse of the flesh, a sexual drive. And it's huge. And it ain't easy. But the Lord wants to have self-control. And he, he, he's willing to give it to us. If we just yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he says, you come under me, I give you self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. If you're going to try to do it in your own strength, you're going to misfire. Okay, then I, 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 I'm coming off of the beautiful list of the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to add a few other things to it. Um, let us say, for example, mercy. Mercy. Are you a merciful person? Because this is the character of God that he is merciful and merciful. Uh, Actually, it says that because of his mercy is why we are not consumed. His compassions are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies and compassions are new every morning. Does your mercy get stale? Does your mercy get rotten? Does your mercy last for a day, and then you have mercy again next year? Sometime, not that long. long. (laughs) Couple days, couple of weeks. I know people; their mercy lasts for about five minutes, and their unmercy lasts for about two weeks, and they don't talk with their spouse. For two weeks, not only don't they talk, not talk, they give the cold shoulder and they give the eye rolls and the whatever else, and, and and as if their house was cut in two. You live there, I live here. And, and you'll regret it when they're gone. Thank you. That's a, that's a good word. That's a good word. That is for somebody who has lost one. You'll regret it when they're gone. So, my dear brother, this is, God has more for us. He, he, he wants us to be exceedingly merciful. Not only with our spouses and our children, but also with, with brothers and sisters. With people out there. Merciful. You know, God's mercy is quite predictable. They are new every morning my dear brothers and sisters is your mercy predictable when somebody needs your mercy is it there well i want you to know that this is a power that god has for us that you could be merciful and your own you're not going to do it and your own you're going to take a baseball bat and want to knock out their knees but in the spiritual realm, it's completely different concerning the kingdom of God. It's completely different. He wants merciful people. And he is willing to give it to us that we might be merciful to other people. Because he wants his character reflected in, in his children. As you can imagine. Um, grace. Are you a gracious person? Uh, is your life characterized by grace your tongue your mouth your actions everything is it grace or is it ungrace i can talk on grace for a week so i'm i'm going to make cut it short otherwise I'll, I'll i'll just go too long i don't want to uh, uh, get get all, all that then you have the other another word is forgiveness forgiveness and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of, of your flesh. Uh, that's Colossians 2.13. Had he made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses 2,000 years ago. We have talked about the idea of forgiving in advance. Forget the forgiving in advance. That's, that, that, that's too hard. That's too hard for most Christians. But then just forgive when it's necessary. I wish people would buy into forgiving in advance. Because my, 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 how much trouble will that save you? Not only trouble in relationships, but trouble in your own health maybe even. Because unforgiveness can cause a lot of trouble. Uh, I, I, I remember I was preaching on forgiveness in Second Baptist when it was the old Second Baptist. I went... SPID, Crosstown Expressway, went Morgan, and I come by a church named Morgan Avenue Baptist Church. It's it's pretty much gone now, but there was a sign there, and the sign read. Apparently, they were preaching on the same thing I was going to preach at second. They were going to preach at Morgan. It said, um, Unforgiveness is self-cannibalism. Self-cannibalism. Uh, it just eats you up from the inside, I mean it eats you up, so but God has more for us than being eaten on the inside, or being all twisted on the inside. He has peace for us, He has a, 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 a constitution of 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 rest and calm and joy and peace, and these type of things, not unpeace. Not unforgiveness that twists your insides, like you, like you won't believe. You get all messed up. I believe that even there's some physical uh, attributes, some physical illnesses that happen because of unforgiveness. So can we forgive? This is what God has for us, my brothers and sisters. That you don't, when your wife offends you, that you don't walk around like, like what, brother? Give me, a, give me a word, Brother Doyle. I, I mean, or somebody give me a word. Grumpy. Huh? Grumpy. For how long? Well, you, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me what is too long. You tell me what is too long. This has nothing to do with Herman. You just tell me what is too long. What is too long? Five minutes, 15 minutes, a day, a week. What is too long? Three days. Three days. Okay. He helped you out. He helped you out. Yeah. He, to say thank you, he helped you out. Three days. It's too long. What does your spouse have to do to be forgiven? (laughs) To be forgiven. Hence I said to you, always, always receive an olive branch and always extend an olive branch. An olive branch might look uh, 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 different ways. Uh, maybe in my life, it might be a cup of ice cream or something like that. And somebody else, so, or a cup of hot tea. And I tell people, if I had already 15 cups of hot tea that day, and Sybil and I have a spat, and she offers me a cup of tea, oh honey, I'd love to have a cup of tea. Yeah. It's an olive branch. I take it. Of course you take it. Otherwise, you end at injury to insult or insult to injury, and, and you're not taking it. No, I don't want your cup of tea. That's how it might be perceived. And sometimes we have that attitude. I don't want your cup of tea. So, no, brothers and sisters, forgive. What's another word? Humility. God has for us that we'll be forgiving people, and part of the forgiveness thing is a humility thing because forgiveness takes a form of humility to do it humility god wants us to be humble people and my dear brothers and sisters i want you to know this that god loves us so much that you can either be humble or humbled i'll leave it at that he'll humble you i promise you if you're arrogant uh, you're a child of God. He'll humble you. And he knows how to do it. I have experience. Okay. I grew up as the number one player in my country when I was 16, 17 years old. And, and, and I never lost against a foreigner when I was playing in my home country. In, in those years. And the people went, "This, and as a 17-year-old, you can't handle it. The admiration. I became one cocky, whatever we call such a thing. And God knows how to humble his children. And I'm thanking for humbling me. I, have, I haven't arrived at any place. Okay, but he's working. He's working. What other, what other word? Maybe, oh, okay. Maybe we'll stop over here. Overcomers. He wants us to be overcomers. matter of fact, He has promised us that we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. Yes? Conquerors is what the King James uses, the word conquerors, overcomers. The problem with us is that we want to be overcomers, but we don't want to overcome anything. (laughs) You have to overcome something. Oh, no, 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 I just want to be an overcomer. (laughs) <laughs> you know, how do you become an overcoming without anything to overcome? Somebody explain that to me. Well, somebody else said, you cannot climb a smooth mountain. You know, you have you have mountains with raggedy edges so that you can climb up. And that's how life is, raggedy edges. So you can overcome. There is there's almost every day something to overcome. And God wants you, he has declared you an overcomer, and he puts these things in our, in, our, in our lives or allows them in our lives so that we can be overcomers. He puts this weight on our spiritual muscle, okay? We listen to our coach in the gym better than we listen to our heavenly coach. When a coach in the gym, he says, "Hey, you need to put on a, a little bit more weight. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, got, I did it. When God puts weight on his now nah, I'm tired. I don't want to develop my spiritual muscle. Oh, I, I have to, we have to go one more. Faith. I can't leave out faith. Faith is a big one. Because without faith, all this other stuff... You cannot even please God. Do we have faith enough, mature faith? This is what God has for us, and He will mature it in us. But do we have faith enough then when a big obstacle comes, that we don't consider it an obstacle, but we consider it an opportunity? To trust God. Is God on your side? Yes. I heard one yes, and somebody raises his hand. Yes, yes, Steve, God is on your side. Yes, yes, but take, take this from your pastor, that when. Something looks like an obstacle. It is a huge opportunity to trust God. That doesn't mean that God might not require you to do some things to to overcome it. He's not going to say necessarily sit on the chair. I'll do it. But he'll do it. But he might require some things off of you. Right? And he'll give you instructions what he wants from you. And if you have faith, then you'll obey him. But don't be... Don't go to pieces just because there's an obstacle there that you perceive as an obstacle when God wants it to be an opportunity. Can you give me an, an, an obstacle in the Old Testament, say? It should be a common story, so. Huh? The Red Sea. The Red Sea comes always to my mind because I never wanted to be like the children of Israel on this side of the Red Sea. And I tell people, brother, or sister, or whoever you are, learn to dance and rejoice on this side of the Red Sea. I know you will rejoice on that side of the Red Sea. Okay, when you have passed through dry land, and the water was up like walls, and you got to the other side, and then, boom, all the uh, uh, Egyptians were, 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 were uh, uh, drowned in, in, in the water. And you, of course, you're going to rejoice on the other side. But one thing that God has for us is He wants us to trust Him so much that we get to rejoice on this side. I tell you one more story, then I'm done. This week, Sybil and I went to two meetings of loved brothers. Brothers that I love so very, very much. And they are, let's, we'll call them missionaries for, for easy uh, naming. Missionaries. And they go to crazy places. They go, go to like the underground church in China where their life is threatened, where their life is in danger. Uh, they go to South America when they want to meet unreached people and they go on a boat ride for 16 hours in a boat, in a river. This is not a steamboat, dear brothers and sisters. <laughs> What we call koreal. How do you call it, uh, with a koreal? Canoe. With maybe a motor. Uh, the sun beating, up, beating on you. They, crazy places they go. But God, in, in, in his ways, is doing sometimes miracles. And one of the brothers said this. That when he comes back with the people that went with him, he instructs the people this. And this is, this is not a joke. This is what he said to us. He says, do not share these particular things with the American church. They're not going to be able to handle it. You will lose credibility. They're not going to believe it. They don't have the faith. That made me sad. That made me sad. He one time shared a miracle. One of those miracles. till he found out that you shouldn't share these miracles. And one brother in the back was listening. He said, hey, you had me till this point. But now you lost credibility with me. As he was sharing the miracle. He thought it simply couldn't happen. But my dear brothers and sisters, we're not talking about a God who is limited. (laughs) Of course it can happen. (laughs) If he stood at the water in the Red Sea straight up over there and people passed on dry land, okay, he, he, he can do all kinds of things. And he's not limited. And the time of miracles is not over. So, faith is the last one that we talked about. And God has in mind for us to build such a faith in us that we can believe him for anything. One more comment on, about this faith thing. When I said believe him for anything, I don't want you to misunderstand it. That is to say, in his word he has made promises. Yes? Plenty of promises and he will keep his word, no question about it. But sometimes we don't know what his will is in a certain situation. Yes? Possible? Okay. Uh, Anna, you're going to go to Arlington. Uh, But when did you find out you were going to go to Arlington? A while ago? Give me a year. Two years? Three years? A couple of months. A couple of months. So last year at this time, Maybe we're just praying about where to go to school. You go in the script, you say, well, University of Texas, Arlington, I don't think it's in there. Uh, uh, so you're praying, and then you get a, a, a clear answer where you should be going to school. But up to that point, you didn't know. So you pray and say, God, um, I'll go wherever you want me to go. You cannot say, well, God, give me Arlington, when you, still don't, when you don't know. God, give me Baylor, if you don't know. Come to the University of Texas if you don't know. Give me an amp if you don't know. You say, God, wherever you have for me is wonderful. That is where I want to go. If it happens to be University of Texas in Arlington, I'll rejoice with that. But Lord, if it's something else, i rejoice too. But I want to put it in chip for Arlington. (laughs) God, do you want to heal this person in some circles? It is automatic. Of course God wants to heal this person. I don't think that the scripture teaches that. God might want to use that person in their sickness to glorify himself. Why was this man born blind? That the glory of God might be shown through him. And he was blind for a number of years till Jesus healed him. Okay? For all those other years that the that God might be glorified in him. And I, I tell you, I've come to a place where whatever God wants to do to glorify himself in this mortal body here, that he would use it for his glory, God do it. So faith then leaves room that if we don't know the will of God in a certain situation, that we leave room for God to do his will. That we don't know, but we leave it up to him. God doesn't need your advice concerning his will. God is quite capable. (laughs) Anyways, today I, I just wanted to visit with you a little bit concerning what it looks like, somebody with an overflowing life. These are some of the things that show up in a person with an overflowing life. With a life of spiritual wherewithal. A spiritual power that overcomes the things of the world and the things of the flesh. In abundance. Not just barely. In abundance. So that in the overflow, someone can receive an overflow. And that person that received an overflow can extend an overflow to somebody else. So that that person can extend an overflow to somebody else. My dear brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God. Let us stand and pray.